Hello and welcome back to the UK Hospitality Podcast. We're here with Kate again and we're going to catch up on a few things that's been happening over the last two weeks and see what else is coming up in the future. Kate, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back after a, a short break, back to fighting the good fight for hospitality with the government. Um, can you tell us what's been going on? Well, Parliament came back two weeks ago, so we hit the ground running in terms of communicating with, with government and with ministers uh, about the staff shortages, the, the staff absences that have, that have bedeviled the recovery and the reopening, really making sure that we had good quality evidence and information and insight to take back to ministers to sort of inform them of the real impact that, that labour shortages were having on the sector um, and on the supply chain more particularly. So we've, we've done a lot of intense work with DEFRA looking at the food supply chain where you've got one in eight um, workers not present. Uh, you've got impact with driver shortages, food manufacturing, food processing, all the way up the food supply chain, which has really exacerbated the challenges that we've seen in hospitality in our own venues where we know we've got underlying staff shortages that need to be addressed. And clearly, to, you know, today that's reflected in the ONS stats that have come out about the labour market, how tight it is that we're back 4.6 percent, almost full employment uh, at that level of unemployment and over a million vacancies across the economy as a whole. So it's quite clear that this is not just an issue with with hospitality, although it is acute within hospitality and we have double the rate of vacancies than the rest of the economy and, and are seen to be harder to fill. But it is an issue to do with labour shortages, insufficient people, insufficient bodies to be able to do all the jobs that are going around uh, and needing to be addressed if we are to get the economy moving and recovering. So we've been working progressively with with DCMS, with DEFRA, with Bayes to identify some of the solutions that could be put in place to be able to help the industry navigate this, both in the immediate term, where we're working closely with Job Centre Plus, um, on kickstart, on reten- re- retraining and moving people across who've been made redundant, but then also starting that communication about uh, the, the need to make sure that the immigration policy is fit for purpose going forward. Lots of work going on there in that space. And obviously, we've been hearing a lot about vaccine passports and will that be coming into force? Will it not? Um, what's the latest on that? Well, the Prime Minister is giving a press conference as we speak, so it's, we're, we're sort of getting the information hot off the press and, and it's the, we're waiting to see all the devil in the details. So we'll come back to this at a later podcast. But it does look as though it's good news from the sector. They are definitely not coming in in, in, the, in the short term. And the government has said that they don't believe that they will be necessary in order to navigate the autumn and winter uh, as we move out of the endemic phase, uh, pandemic phase into endemic. So so the Prime Minister and the Health Secretary today publishing the winter plan uh, for navigating through COVID. This was promised back in July when we uh, reopened the economy. They said they would uh, issue in September a preparatory plan to show the steps they had taken to help the economy and the health service through the autumn winter potential surges that we might see, not so much in COVID, but more in other areas, uh, other health issues, particularly flu and norovirus. Um, and a good news uh, is that, that the, the key message from that winter plan is that we are learning to live with COVID. The measures the government has in place are sufficient uh, in the first instance, as far as they can they consider. Uh, the main measure has been a, a rollout of vaccination. And you heard about booster jabs for the over 50. So protect the most vulnerable, extend the, the vaccination program to younger people, 12 to 15 year olds now eligible for vaccination. 
using the wall of vaccines to help us withstand any increase in cases that you might see as a result of schools going back, universities going back, offices going back, and then of course the, the move indoors uh, as we move into autumn and winter. So the strong message from the Prime Minister and the Health Secretary, the steps that they've got are sufficient. They do, however, have contingency plans should cases surge, should the NHS be looking overwhelmed. A clear commitment from them not to lock down the economy and a recognition of the damaging effects that that's had on hospitality. However, in their contingency toolkit, um, a return to, to sort of greater direction to work from home, a return to masks and vaccine passports. So although ruled out in the short term, still there as a reserve tool to be used if needed. But the clear message from government is vaccination programmes sufficient to avoid having vaccine passports. Um, there is a nod in there to, to businesses, particularly those doing mass events, live music, big sports stadia, to continuing with a voluntary approach of COVID status certification. So that alternative for vaccine or testing to allow people to continue their daily lives, but very much a last resort if it was going to be mandated and critically the commitment that it would only be mandated if it was the only way to keep those venues open. What do hospitality businesses need to consider? Is there anything they, they can do to prepare should cases surge? Well, I think that the positive thing is, is that we already have the toolkits for businesses and hospitality businesses in particular outlined and in place from July. And the message today was the hospitality sector's individual risk assessments are sufficient. That focus on ventilation, hygiene, sanitation, keeping the staff safe, putting in place sensible measures to make sure that you are improving um, in those areas of ventilation, hygiene, sanitation strong message that there isn't anything else for business to do. It is now for the NHS to do the preparatory planning to manage any autumn winter surges and it's for um, the, the NHS to deliver that, that additional vaccine rollout. But that appears to be sufficient and as I say a reiteration of the message of, of learning to live with COVID. So I think we need to be making sure that we reinforce those measures, revisiting the risk assessment. There's no slackening off uh, and the health secretary was talking about avoiding complacency and then where it is appropriate where venues feel it would be helpful to maintain that voluntary approach to COVID status certification if it's right for them and many of the sports stadia and business events have decided that, that, that they're doing that on a voluntary basis. Um, it's then I think about making sure that we have resilience in our supply chains and in our staff because clearly as we come out of COVID if the health secretary is right and we have a surge of winter flu and winter norovirus, we're going to be navigating staff absences because our workers won't be uh, eligible for the flu vaccine vaccine that's going to be rolled out at the same time as the third jab. So I think we need to be making, that's why it's so important to, to continue with the hygiene and sanitation, not just for COVID, but for all those other nasties that lurk around in the winter. And hygiene is obviously a thing that hospitality businesses have always been quite high on anyways, but do we offer any support there for, for businesses to ensure that they are keeping on top of all their hygiene? Well, I think our, our advice and guidance notes are continually refreshed and we work with partners uh, across the sector, particularly people like Detol, uh, to be able to, to give that advice and guidance, top tips, 
the, the, the scientific protocols that go alongside it that would help them to do their risk assessments. There are risk assessment templates. Uh, so keep visiting our, our website because it's got a lot of information on there. Then also we've got advice and guidance on there about best practice for ventilation and how you can improve ventilation and make sure that you're monitoring it effectively to be able to address those risks. But I think it's about refreshing that risk assessment, keeping it live, and with the staff turnovers that we've got and a lot of new staff being recruited, making sure that staff are fully trained, not just in the sort of specific COVID areas, but also in the day to day. And following the Prime Minister's announcement today on this, is UK Hospitality planning any meetings with ministers to discuss what's going to come out from what he's announced today? Well, we are restarting our regular catch ups with ministers. We have the Tourism Industry Council, our hospitality CEOs roundtable with the business department, with DEFRA. I think the key things that we would want to know, particularly because of the impact that this might have on consumer confidence and on business confidence for longer term bookings when they talk about having measures in reserve and particularly a return to working from home or vaccine passports might uh, offset, knock off, off track some of the vitally important bookings for Christmas. We'll be wanting to understand from ministers what the metrics are that would uh, mean that they had to move to Plan B. How serious does it have to be? What what are the, the key tests so that we can have advance warning of that and we can know what we need to do? Uh, and also we want to have commitments around talking to the industry before moving ahead with any mandation. And then critically, it's about making sure that we have the support systems in place to allow businesses to navigate what is going to be quite a turbulent period. We've seen over the summer the impact that staff shortages and staff absences have on revenues uh, and how vulnerable they are. We want to make sure that that's minimised and we know that, that that's probably going to be a challenge over the autumn too, particularly around food supply chains. So the critical issue that we will be pressing for and our meetings with ministers uh, raise on a regular basis is the need to extend and retain that lower rate of VAT, 12.5% beyond March next year. That gives us the headroom to rebuild shattered balance sheets, to invest in our people and to navigate choppy waters, which we will inevitably have over the autumn and winter. So strong message to government that that will mean that we are more resilient and more robust and more equipped to deal with the things that might come through in those contingency plans. So okay, hospitality, making sure that members and the hospitality industry is looked after. Members, they have our support. They can get in touch with us. If you're not a member, you can get in contact with the membership team to find out exactly what the benefits are of membership and how we support businesses through periods like this and beyond. Is there anything coming up that members can do to help on in this situation? Uh, yes, we will. We've got our conference coming up uh, on Monday the 20th, uh, which is our first in-person conference and in-person event for, for sort of 18 months. So it's great to have the industry coming back together and networking and sharing that best practice. That will also launch our campaign to keep a lower rate of VAT uh, and members. I think, you know, great to be able to get as many members as possible contacting their local MPs, contacting their local councillors, contacting ministers and making the case for retaining that and, and the benefits of retaining that. The last thing we want is for taxes to go up in March next year just at the point at which we're trying to rebuild demand. Um, and so we will be launching a toolkit for them to use with that. We also have the, the relaunch of our webinar series to provide practical help and support on navigating some of the biggest operational challenges. So that will be around staffing and staff shortages, staff training and retention, 
um, uh, apprenticeships and kickstart. And it'll also be about the recruitment campaign that we're working on with Hospitality Rising and other industry trade bodies to make sure that we're front of foot in promoting hospitality as a career. And then the third area we'll be looking at with COP26 coming up, um, and the focus on, on delivering sustainability, our sustainability forum, our Carbon Net Zero Forum will provide very simple, easy to access, practical tools for all operators to be able to reduce their carbon footprint and help the industry achieve its net zero targets. Our uh, annual event will definitely be one not to be missed by industry professionals there. Um, people who are interested in booking on to the networking event um, at the conference, there's still spaces available. You can just head over to the website, which is ukhevents.com, and you'll be able to find links there to the conference. Is there any more kind of information that businesses should be aware of that's coming up? Uh, I, I think the only other final thing is a reminder to people that 1st of October, the law changes on allergen labelling. Again, there's lots of toolkits and lots of information that we've provided on our websites, but don't get caught out with that. Uh, and then then finally, um, we, we have uh, you know party conferences coming up at which we may get further policy announcements or further decisions. And the final key point date for you, 27th of October is the budget date. So you need to write to your MP before the 27th of October, highlighting the impact that the challenging environment that we're still operating in and highlighting the benefit to your business of retaining that lower rate of VAT at 12.5%. So lots going on there. In our next week's podcast, we will definitely cover what the Prime Minister has been speaking about today about the winter plan. So make sure that you tune in for that. Um, we will be keeping members up to date on food issues in the areas around Natasha's law there. So keep an eye out for regular communication there on that if you are a member. And if you have any questions, the team is always ready to answer any queries you may have at membership at ukhospitality.org.uk. And thank you very much, Kate, for giving us a quick roundup there on what's been happening and what UK Hospitality has been up to and all the different meetings you've got coming up with the government, making sure that the industry is looked after. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week.